Ah, greetings, B-movie aficionados. Hello, welcome to Couple of Flicks. I am Tristan. I am Nick. And I'm Zach. So, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New happy, Year. We made happy it. Happy 2021. You know, <laughs> this time it is a reason to celebrate. So, there you go. Yeah, got past that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, so did you guys watch anything since we last sort of spoke? Um, not really. I've, I've, I watched, I'm a little late to the game, but I watched, uh, the first season of The Mandalorian. Nice. Because I heard, I heard the second one was good, so I decided to just get it started. Second so good. I liked the first season. Really? Yeah. yeah, I heard. I got a little spoiled, so I know what's coming. <laughs> it's hard. It was hard not to be spoiled if you're browsing the internet on that one. Oh yeah, that's what's in that last episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I liked the first season, but it didn't have too much of a plot besides the main one that I don't know. Only spent like three, like the first episode, a middle episode, and the last episode really revolved around the actual story. But it was good other good episodes like bottle episodes and like the bill burr <laughs> in space episode yeah <laughs> that was a great one even though it had not much to do with a plot but bill burr in space <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, i still haven't delved into the mandalorian yet but you know I'll, I'll get to that point eventually i just need to take a break from star star wars for a while so wow this one's a lot better than the than that whole trilogy so yeah yeah no. that's what i was, Undou- I was like i don't want to i don't want to but then yeah real good things out of season two i heard so I, yeah no i, I, I have like no Star Wars, you know but they've been just producing crap lately so i'm just like oh, oh. But right. here we go <laughs> and they get, so far. <laughs> they get something good again and they just announced 10 more star wars shows so <laughs> Probably yeah, gonna that probably, might be the way to go. Probably might become crap at some point again, but <laughs> I'll be ready when I'm ready. But like, I just—I mean, I've gone through this phase before where I just get burnt out by Star Wars. I went through a similar phase after the prequels came out. I was like, okay, no more Star Wars. Like, it's not interesting to me anymore. And then, you know, eventually, I kind of came around again, got back into them, got stoked about the new films and then i saw those and i'm like all right i'm done no more you know so (laughs) eventually eventually i'll come around again star wars is one of those things where i've fallen in and out of love with throughout my life so you know i i think we talked we kind of summarized it on our star wars episode (laughs) yeah we've talked about it a couple times so (laughs) yeah but um yeah you guys know my thoughts on though i i love them and hate them you know so yeah (laughs) I am stoked about the Mandalorian though, and I am looking forward to eventually watching it. So, yeah, I'll finish it up the second season by tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> Excellent, cool. Uh, do you, you want me to talk about what I've seen? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, 
Um, let's see. Well, I rewatched a uh, classic movie, It's a Wonderful Life, because it was a Christmas movie, and you know, it is a movie that I happen to really love. Um, yeah, I watched know, the Christmas so. story. So, yeah, <laughs> excellent. I thought I was going to be able to sneak in Edward Scissorhands, but I just never got around to it. It's like, nah. Is that a Christmas movie? I consider it one. I've never seen it. I mean, let me put it this way. If it's not a Christmas movie, it's still more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is. Yeah. Okay, good. I don't like it when people say Die Hard is, so... Yeah, well, the plot of Edward Scissorhands actually does involve Christmas a little bit more. So it could still probably be argued as to whether or not it's a Christmas movie. But the way I see it, like only the Christmas aspect only has to do with like the last like 20 minutes of it or so. But it's kind of the same thing with It's a Wonderful Life. When you actually watch that movie, most of that film really has nothing to do with Christmas. And it isn't until like the ending where things start getting all supernatural and creepy that it starts actually getting into the Christmas plot but people remember it as being like a movie that's just entirely Christmas. And it's really not. It's actually just a pretty bleak movie about this, you know, guy who ends up kind of living a really sad life where he has to just sort of um, like basically work for a living, you know, and help out like the sort of an impoverished small town, you know, because he's the only person who actually has the power and ability to do that. It's almost like it's kind of, kind of reminds me of like sort of a similar sort of thing as the godfather in a way only more positive because the godfather is really more about a guy who you know wants to live a normal life but then discovers that the only thing he's really good at doing is organized crime which is sort of the inherent tragedy of those movies and then the second and third film proceed to kind of show his overall decline you know as a human being whereas it's a wonderful life is about a guy who wants to do bigger things but ends up having to do things that he that are kind of thankless that he doesn't end up really wanting to do and then it ends up driving him into a into a you know deep depression and it results in him wanting to almost kill himself and then he ends up not doing it and then it has a happy ending and it's actually a beautiful movie so so i rewatched that um and then i watched um so i watched the two big popular movies um that came out recently i watched the new wonder woman movie um which have did either you watch that one i did okay it was trash (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) i hate to say it but it kind of just suffered from sequel syndrome you know yeah (laughs) like it pretty much like that's the thing i just don't understand what it's sequels are really they depress me so much because they don't ever have to try to actually be good you know they just have to be something you know, it, does, it can be more of the same, and that's yeah, pretty much familiar. what it was. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was, you can't really expect much with DC, and even then, I was let down. <laughs> yeah. I Damn. I was disappointed, too. I still want to see a new, I, I still want to see the next Wonder Woman movie. I'm still kind of curious about the character, but, yeah, this was just, just typical bad sequel. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Damn, because the yeah. first one was good. I, from what I remember, the first one was good at least. Yeah, that was a lot like, better. Yeah, I like the first one very much. So, darn. Yeah, but hopefully, you know, fingers crossed for the third one. So, yeah. 
um, you know, which they are making despite everything that's been going on with the streaming and theaters and stuff like that. You know, they they are still going to make that third one. So, you know, fingers crossed. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, and then I saw the new Pixar movie, Soul. Yeah. You know, it, and it was good. I want to see, <laughs> yeah. see that so bad. Yeah. It was excellent. Yeah, it's really good. I'm going to have to yeah. check it out. And I love Pixar, yeah. so I definitely need to. Yeah. I love this direction they're going in lately. They're kind of going in a more heady sort of um, unconventional, almost psychological type of direction. Like it started sort of with Inside Out, which I didn't, I wouldn't say it was like a perfect movie, but it was sort of about deeper issues, you know, and I appreciate that kind of thing. And then Coco sort of brought a lot of more challenging ideas to the Jesus, forefront. I love yeah. that one. That one was intense too. Yeah, that's still one of their best, in my opinion. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Oh my god! I, I, I cried s- like a baby during that one. I cried just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the music is incredible too. Um, this was. Uh, I I still haven't decided which one I like more. Like right now i'm kind of leaning towards this but i mean we'll see how i feel after you know in time but this one is sort of exploring some more kind of like abstract ideas that are a little bit difficult to talk about really (laughs) but you know when you watch the movie you kind of understand you know where it's coming from so like i appreciate that when they make like yeah yeah it's worth watching it really is so Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. I saw those ones as well. Excellent. I just watched uh, Tokyo Fist yesterday. Shinya Tsukamoto. Excellent. That's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think of that one? It was pretty good. Yeah. It was definitely a lot different than uh, Tetsuo. Yeah, he's he's got a pretty unconventional style. I, I st- I'm still trying to remember the one that I saw Vital, which like to this day I'm still trying to like wrap my head around that what that was even about. You know, it's coming up in that <laughs> the box that I have. Yeah, it's it's really twisted, but definitely different. I mean, I like Tetsuo a lot. I found it really. I find that one really creative and offbeat and I, I actually kind of find it sort of funny too you know so it's got like an eccentric style that i enjoy you know the sequel was kind of more of the same you know but um and then i saw another one of his movies i i, I haven't seen tokyo fist but there was another movie of his i saw besides vital that i don't know i don't remember but yeah um I'll, i'm sure i'll remember after we're done recording but <laughs> Anyway, cool. I don't know. All right. All right. So to get started here. um, So this episode, we are going to talk about, you know, specifically uh, trauma films that we've sort of all three of us, all three three of us have sort of chosen, you know, and uh, but before we do that, we have a, a little bit of a surprise, you know, it's, uh, you know, just to kind of put a little period at the end of Christmas. Uh, we watched 
Uh, well, okay. Do you, would you like to do the honors of presenting the title, Zach? Since it was, you know, kind of your idea. <laughs> for uh, it is a recipe for seduction. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Starring the always reliable, in a way, uh, Mario Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good-looking dude. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and you know, apparently he's he's still as much of a heartthrob as he was back way back in his prime. So yeah, even yeah, yeah he had that salt and pepper look going on. <laughs> yeah, excellent. You know, I mean, one day I hope to. Asp- I, I mean, that's what I aspire to. I want to rock the salt and pepper look one day. You know? Yeah, I do too. So, <laughs> yeah, too. it's gonna happen. You know, it's gonna happen. Yeah. But uh, but that's the wonderful thing about Lifetime movies is they make you believe in beautiful things. And one yeah, day, I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> one day I want to do a podcast episode where we talk about Lifetime movies. I mean, I already know which one I'm gonna oh, yeah. I'm gonna choose. It's one that I actually did watch. For sure. Yeah, the one that I I'm gonna choose is one that I definitely have. I I watched, you know, when it when it played. And it's one I've watched a couple of times because I find it so hilarious. And like, I can't even talk about it without laughing, but it was cyber seduction. (laughs) 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 Anyway, we're we're not going to talk about it, but eventually we should definitely do a Lifetime uh, Lifetime movie episode. (laughs) Lifetime. Hallmark. (laughs) Oh God, the whole whole shebang. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so uh, so this, this so this is a tale. This recipe for disaster. It's sort of a, a Christmas tale, if you will. In a so, is it disaster or seduction, way. seduction, uh, seduction. Yeah, <laughs> recipe for. Uh oh. <laughs> well, it could. I mean, it, it's a tale of forbidden love. Let, let's put it that way. So. <laughs> the old-fashioned romeo and juliet story pretty much it's about as standard standard as you can get but it's kind of special because it does happen to be about you know it does happen to have a particular sort of interesting tie-in which i'm sure people who've heard of this movie already know about and you could probably guess by the title too but if you guys want to was the title just kfc recipe for seduction (laughs) recipe for selection uh, it's it's branded as a lifetime original mini movie produced by Kentucky Fried Chicken, a recipe for seduction. Okay, such a mouthful. And directed by Gene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is Gene? That was my favorite part. Was when it got to the title, it said written directed by Gene. That made me think of Terminator Salvation when it said Mc, directed by McG and all the fancy lettering. <laughs> I was like, oh no. So <clears throat> anyway, I don't know who Gene is though. I didn't I I managed to not look that up, unfortunately. So I should have. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh yeah, uh, it's a it's a romantic little f- fable, I guess you'd call it. Um about a, a woman who falls in love with her delivery man i guess 
She's a he's a chef. Yeah. yeah. Which did he seduce her? I mean, not if really. he did, it was sort of by accident. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he he haphazardly seduced her. Yeah. She was, she said she said no to her like rich boyfriend who wanted to he proposed to her. She said no. Right. <laughs> Which was, was the just, most you know, awkward. Yeah. Just a weird fucking thing. Yeah. He was so aggressive about it. It's like, will you marry me? It would be a lot. It would be cool if you said yes. You know, like he was like goading her the whole time. She's like, oh, well, uh, yeah. it's almost like, you know, I don't know, just the worst kind of wedding proposal you can really imagine, honestly. I mean, maybe except Except for the the old fashioned sort of "oops, I forgot the ring" mistake, which is kind of a cliche at this point, I guess, mm. or at least somebody told me it was. I don't know if it actually is, <laughs> but <laughs> the only movie I can think of where that happened was The Strangers. So, yeah, yeah. So it starts with yeah dinner dinner shot, and then um, she denying the proposal. <laughs> mm. Yeah, she basically. There. Oh, their, their feast that? of fried chicken. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent wedding wedding food choice, I suppose. I mean, it wouldn't have been my choice, but in the in the land of lifetime. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yummy, yummy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he pretty much like it, they kind. It's kind of a quirky, cute sort of not rendezvous but more like they just kind of strike up a casual conversation and he's sort of a bumbling kind of he he doesn't he's like oops i didn't realize how attractive i was type of guy who you know just sort of goes along with it and i guess that's why he's attractive because he doesn't seem to really care I mean, he does, but it's it's sort of like whatever type of thing too, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, that's sort of attractive thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, they were they met like she just wanted to you know go for a walk and talk and shit and yeah, that was the one scene. The next scene they were in together, they made out and kissed. No, oh, I love you. Yeah, <laughs> it was over like one day too. She fell in love with this guy over one <laughs> meeting. Really, <laughs> they must have had a really wonderful conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm almost more curious about what that conversation was than I am the rest of the plot. You know, <laughs> like everything that happens in this movie that just kind of ends up sort of spiraling into sort of conspiracy mode eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because it was a whole, you know, arranged type marriage. The the lady, the girls, uh, family. Uh, I guess is in debt. Mm. Even though they're living in the huge mansion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The mom's Beats trying me. to force her into that other marriage because he's rich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's typical <laughs> kind of rom commy shit mm. movie, but I mean <laughs> I mean I feel like direct about it at least. <laughs> it is a plot that I feel like I've seen before, admittedly. Um it is a lifetime movie. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> exactly. half their movies are probably yeah. this. Plot. The the plots yeah. like if you took a Lifetime movie Mad Libs and just added KFC, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. Recipe for sed- seduction 
parentheses question mark parentheses <laughs> yeah and then you also got the old school lifetime like and I, I this is also a cliche i saw on a lot of oxygen network movies too was, uh, and and i do see this on hallmark well actually apparently now this is a new thing to walmart or to hallmark sorry i get the names confused hallmark um not walmart um and uh, which is the trope of the of the convenient gay best friend <laughs> oh oh yeah he was in this <laughs> yeah which it's a it's a <laughs> lifetime network cliche i've seen you know probably about three dozen times where the main yeah, character okay. happens to have a neighbor who's this friendly gay guy who is always willing to make cupcakes or cookies and bring them over to her apartment and talk about how lonely he is and then he ends up saving the day at the end of the at the end of the film like i've seen that in more than a few movies and this movie manages to fulfill that sort of uh <laughs> Yeah, this movie sixteen-minute yeah. commercial. Yeah, I, well, it's a it's a lifetime short. You know, they're realizing now that their movies have about fifteen minutes worth of substance, and so now they're cutting they're cutting their their clips down to a more reasonable yeah. length. If all lifetime movies were this short, then they would be the perfect movies. They should actually just focus on making uh, short films because they're so much better at doing that. The, the worst thing about Lifetime movies is how long they are. Like most Lifetime movies don't, do not need to be more than an hour long. And so you're left with a film that has a lot of filler and a lot of meandering and a lot of actors walking around not really sure what to do other than emote, you know, for about 10 to 20 minutes. I, and then you got the commercial breaks in between as well. You know, so you're trying to watch the whatever movie it is like um uh what was that one about the lady who has like stockholm syndrome um like i don't know <laughs> yeah uh, like I crime of crime of passion or whatever where she's like in the hotel room and there's like a 20 minute long standoff between the police and the crooked you know thug that kidnaps her and then cut to commercial about twice which extends the shoot the standoff to about 40 minutes i mean and then to top it all off, you have, yeah, the filler. I mean, yeah, most Lifetime movies really don't need to be super long. So I'm glad that this one was only about 15 or 16 minutes because yeah. an hour and a half of this shit would have driven me crazy. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect length. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> Agreed. If it was any longer, I, I couldn't take it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I, I might have. If it depends on how goofy they got, but yeah, this is pretty <laughs> goofy. Like so that yeah. over like forty-five to... minutes. I don't know. Thirty yeah. pushing it probably. You'd have to get a lot goofier than this. Like you'd have to yeah. be getting to like tiptoes level goofy <laughs> in order for this kind of thing to work. So. Surprised, uh, you know, Fred Olin Ray's doing the Lifetime movies right now. I'm surprised he hasn't made a goofy one. <laughs> I love it. He'll make anything. <laughs> as long as there's like a handful of actors and a script, he'll do it. He won't even watch his movie. He won't even look through the viewfinder while he's filming it. Like, he'll just film it, release it. Oh, thanks for the check. You know, gonna go on to make my next one. Like, that's pretty much Fred Olin Ray's style. Yep. <laughs> oh, you want a trailer? Oh, let me find footage of other people's movies and just kind of make a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
<clears throat> anyway, I love it though. I, I think it's wonderful that Fred Olin Ray is making lifetime movies, you know, because he's got to find work somehow. You know? yeah. Him it's, and Jim Wynarski are doing it. Yeah. Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, man, I love your chopping mall movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what was yours? Oh, yeah, Genie in the String Bikini. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, recipe for seduction was a, a seductive recipe, is what I would describe it as being overall. Mm-hmm. So, finger licking good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he, he had that secret recipe that was going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> He fell in yeah. love along the way, you know. Oh, and there's a twist ending too. There's, well, there's a at least a climax. There's a yeah, where the the mom's crazy and tries to stop it. She like she, <laughs> her and the fiance kidnap the the colonel and her gay friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I know what it. they were gonna do with them after that, except for, like kill him i guess but i guess i'm hoping that's the direction that they were going or i was hoping that that was the direction they would go in but you know lifetime movie i mean we can't aim too high with with the lifetime network you know they they gotta keep things simple you know and then billy or the the gay friend comes back and saves the day by just knocking people out with that oh yeah (laughs) yeah he knocks people out and spreads spreads some sass across the board while he's at it and uh yeah he saves the day um and then after that there's a right before the credits there's a twist ending where you discover that before the twist they get oh yeah colonel sanders oh yes that's that's the most important part i mean of course we saw it coming you know but regardless (laughs) yeah one year later man but they yeah, got married a twist. <laughs> yeah. oh and also the gay the gay uh best friend was the was the person doing the vows at their wedding like, of course he was it's like oh wonderful he'll just do anything for them um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but then yeah right before the credits it it is discovered that the secret recipe has been found if I'm not mistaken. Is that what it was? I wasn't really, I didn't get that much. I just, <laughs> all I got was the basic context of the mom was in a psych ward, psych hospital. Yeah. Billy came, Billy came to visit her with like, and he said, exactly. I found it or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he that. had a, yeah, he had like a, a chicken wing. It was like, I found it. <laughs> yeah. Or did he just pull that out of his pocket or what? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that's my only guess um because he did go through that dude's or the colonel's notebook but yeah he didn't take the recipe he just put it back in the notebook i guess he has like photographic memory or something i guess (laughs) those are the best kind of super villains the kind that have photographic memories and can manage to remember things that nobody else would remember you know so yeah and this did have the rom-com second act fight, which lasted about five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and, and thank God, because any longer than five seconds, that would have killed the movie. You yeah. see, this, that's why this film has the, is the perfect recipe, because it has a little bit of everything, <laughs> you know, and it works out perfectly, you know. Yeah. It's, it's just a pinch, crisp. just a dash of second act fighting. <laughs> yeah. 
You told him about my secret recipe. Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the movie's got. I mean, it. The formula. It's it's a very complicated recipe. It's got to be a little bit crispy, just a little bit. You know, not too crispy, just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Mario Lopez, he channels his Pamela Anderson energy. He says, uh, except instead of saying, uh, "Don't call me babe," he says, "Don't call me crouton." Yeah. Was that a reference to that? Well, I'm going to pretend it was, but maybe it wasn't. <laughs> you know, but I figured may as well make a little throw out to our our IMDb bottom 100 project that we're doing. So, because Barb yeah. Wire, it's on there. So, okay. you know, yeah. better brace yourselves. But don't don't call me babe. No, it's 20. It's 2020. Well, 2021 now, but. Don't call me crouton is the new thing. So <laughs> all right, all right. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I loved it. I, I enjoyed it very much. It was silly, you know, but I expect I expect no less. <laughs> so um I'd probably give it like three, maybe four. Yeah, I gave it a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard to rate a, a short like this, but yeah. I'd... Definitely, I'd say watch it. Why not? And give yeah. it a three. It's, like, it's painless. It's only painless. 16 minutes long, something like that. Yeah. Silly. I watch, yeah. I watch dozens of YouTubes longer than that every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I have before, too. You know? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pleasant appetizer is what it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. All right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. As excellent. As far as directed by Gene, that's not who it's directed by. It's directed by three oh. three people. I figured it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Eckelman, Armand Prisco, and Natalie Prisco. I feel scammed. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. Gene? I changed my rating one out of one out of five. I wanted it to be a lonely, random person named Gene who wrote a movie, <laughs> Colonel Sanders. <laughs> oh well. Oh, apparently their production company is named Gene Productions. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that makes it a little bit easier to take. So, I guess, yeah. By the way, sorry if my eyes are watering. This light bulb that I bought is too bright, so I turned it down though. So it's all good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. So I guess on to the main course. If we're gonna follow this up with recipe for <laughs> seduction, um, so on to the uh, the trauma films that we have chosen, which. For folks who don't know, uh, <clears throat> Troma is kind of a, uh, I mean, it's a film studio that mostly puts out like pretty low grade like features. Um, th- but what's interesting about them is they sort of, uh, they're a little bit more embracing of the sort of rough around the edges style that a lot of uh, <clears throat> low budget filmmakers tend to sort of fall into the trap of. 
And uh, Lloyd Kaufman, the main sort of uh, founder of the company, he's made his own movies and has, has made assortment of very oddball sort of films. And I wouldn't describe most trauma films as being good, but one thing I do enjoy about them is they are distinct in certain ways. And oftentimes they do have some kind of underlying message that tends to be inherently progressive or, you know, um, counterculturally, you know, themed. Um, <clears throat> even their ugliest, you know, most slimiest movies have some sort of positive quality to them. So, um, but having said that, um, you know, the three films that we've chosen kind of are of varying quality, I would say. And the one that I chose, which is the one we're going to discuss first, is the Belgian-made uh, picture titled Rabid Grannies. And what's unique about this movie is there doesn't appear to be a sufficient uh, release, I guess you could say, for this film. One version is what people complain as being too plot-based and not really... Um, you know, uh, exciting enough, I guess, not, not enough like action, at, you know, for being a horror movie. And then the other version that exists, which I guess is the German release, from what I understand, uh, cuts down quite heavily on the plot, but also includes a couple subplots that were removed from the theatrical version or the, the, festival, the festival version, I guess, is what the original version is called. But it has like a bunch of, um, you know, it has more footage of the somewhat sophisticated makeup effects. So the version that we watched of this movie was the was a fan made edit uh, that was on YouTube that someone put together that pretty much includes all the footage from both versions in it. So um, I wonder if I watched the same one. Was it a free version that you guys watched, or was it? The one that we that I that I watched was on YouTube. It's uh, about an yeah, hour and a half YouTube long. One. Okay, Did, was it labeled like full, uncut? Like, I don't know. I didn't. I just the link okay. we had. The link we had I in the chat. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think I used that link specifically. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, you know, whichever version. Um, the one I watched apparently has everything in it. So yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, and then I, I checked out the Blu-ray I have after. It, it's awful. It's a super bad transfer. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it was based off like a work print or something. So. And it was like twenty minutes shorter. Both cuts <coughs> were on there. Yeah, that's frustrating. Like, um. I, I I don't really I, I still don't quite understand the reason why there's two like completely different versions of it that are available like I, apparently it has to do with rights issues but the thing is like Troma they, they are a pretty low rent company they're they're not working with a tremendous amount of funds so they do tend to err on the cheaper side of production <clears throat> when it comes to their like releases just in general a lot of their like actual like self-distributed releases tend to be of like pretty poor quality so that's probably why um like i'm guessing it has to do with rights issues so hmm. but anyway regardless i don't know oh, yeah. if i saw a same version version you guys did but because it yeah, wasn't maybe the we'll... one that you sent on that link 
Okay. Did you watch like the one on Amazon Prime or was it? No, it was on YouTube movies. So I mean, okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll figure it out. But, um, so, but it's a movie that I, the reason I chose it is because it's one that I'd kind of heard quite, I mean, quite a few people I know had seen this one and quite a few people I know had sort of recommended this one in passing. Like, oh, this, that one's pretty cool. You know, I enjoyed that one. So I, you know, I mainly chose it based on recommendations, you know, just casual recommendations. And eh, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was kind of lame personally. Like, I, there wasn't really a whole lot to it. Um, I think it was trying to sort of s- say something about like wealthy people, but really the main reason people are watching it is for the the makeup effects, which are. I would say pretty decent, not the best I've seen, but better than a movie with this type of budget usually tends to tends to get. I mean, yeah, pretty really good the main trauma. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's exactly how I would describe it. Is is good for, good considering what they're typically working with. Yeah, is good for trauma standards because most of the time their their gore effects look pretty pretty much garbage, you know. So. um but yeah no this one i don't know kind of just went in the direction that i that i sort of was expecting i mean it was pretty much just like a bunch of wealthy sort of sophisticates um are at a party there's a tremendous amount of um banter where they're kind of sitting around a table you kind of learn how each and and every one of them sucks as a human being um you know which is just basically gearing you up to you know get ready for them to get killed and it goes on a little too long i could see why they probably cut a lot of the dialogue down because some of it is pretty needless and uninteresting you know so but then you know eventually um i guess it's like some related nephew or i don't know is there a plot summary or something like (laughs) one paragraph on wikipedia (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, you may as well read it. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't really know what happened to that. Well, like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I mean, two... I know what happened. I just don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's not much to it, really. <laughs> uh, two elderly sisters invite their wonderful nieces and nephews to a <clears throat> party celebration of the sisters' upcoming birthdays. Which everyone hated these people, so I don't know why they all came to this dinner party to begin with yeah i didn't understand that either but i mean i guess it's sort of maybe i think that's the that's really the only kind of social commentary i got out of this whole movie if if that's what they were aiming for i'm guessing maybe since they did happen to include it that like you know it's like the only reason these people are are friends is because the thing that they happen to have in common is their wealth and so it's sort of making a comment on, on how, like, even though they hate each other, they they still have solidarity, I guess, is kind of, yeah. Uh, the one nephew who is not invited is the ostracized black sheep of the family <laughs> whose devil-worshipping activities have resulted in his being removed from the sister's inheritance. Uh, mm, okay. Yeah, so... And that's pretty much what gets the plot going. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
mm-hmm. kind of turns into like a Pandora's box kind of thing, I guess. I mean, for lack of a better, like, yeah. Uh, the rest of the... What's up? No, just keep going, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, it's one paragraph. <laughs> it's one paragraph that like only tells the beginning of the the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Well... <laughs> Uh, the rest of the guests are merely putting in time they're actually only waiting for their aunts to die leaving them empty powered empty endowed via their respective inheritances unfortunately all for all but the aunts the nephew sends a party gift that turns the scene into a frolic of the macabre and ruins the party under the gift's power the aunts turn into cannibalistic demons and proceed to eat up all of their guests that's the plot summary (laughs) yeah that's about cover it all yeah so spoilers i guess for the movie rabid grannies um the aunts turn demonic yeah not not rabid (laughs) (laughs) no they turn into cannibalistic demons like you just said um that's pretty much like when the actual good part of the movie starts you know because then you get to watch all the characters that you just spent about 30 minutes hating um get slaughtered in pretty swift fashion um i think my favorite oh yeah just turns into a slasher from there pretty much like 10 little indians like they're all they all hold hold up in one room and then they go to another room and they just get picked off one by one in various fashion and the the kills are you know some of them are kind of creative i like the part with the where that one guy gets like eaten up like like he's like he what happens they like twist him open and then like rip his guts out and all that that part was pretty cool you know it was pretty gross i was like whoa you know i was gnarly um and then the part with the car accident where the girl like that lady gets slammed into the fence was pretty funny um let's see a little girl gets killed. It's yeah. like, oh my god! Like chopping her <laughs> legs off somehow. Yeah, happens off screen, but it's still kind of jarring, you know. Um, yeah, um, pretty much like the the part that I found most interesting, actually, believe it or not, was after it was all over, and the aunts turned back into human beings, and they're like, oh, I don't know what happened. I, like honestly that's a more inter- that that right there could make for a much more interesting plot like how one would deal with the aftermath of being demonically p- possessed and eating half your family i feel like that's that would make for a more interesting movie yeah yeah but it probably wouldn't be a trauma <laughs> <laughs> probably not no, no. <laughs> anyway um yeah i wasn't crazy about it um it was well made enough in the effects department that i would still probably recommend it for folks who are like like faithful to that sort of thing but beyond that um i don't know i'm probably not gonna watch it again (laughs) so yeah i'd probably give it like a two out of five honestly like wasn't crazy about it Yeah, I gave it a two as well. Pretty much just for the gore, <laughs> yeah, and makeup effects, like the yeah. tra- transformation scene was pretty cool. 
like the fingernails coming out and the the, the mouth. <laughs> the first yeah. time, the f- first time they eat someone at the table. Yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, the kid was like, "That's smashing." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. Yeah, no, they were they, they were, the death scenes were great. You know that that was I would say the main reason to see this. You know, if you're looking for like a sort of eccentric, low budget sort of slasher movie, this one will definitely like do the trick. I would say um, it's not really scary or anything like that. It's more just like little blood and guts, you know, everywhere type of thing. You know, but I mean that kind of thing can be pretty enjoyable. I mean, the thing is a really popular movie and some of these scenes some of the makeup in this movie reminded me of that a little bit like not that sophisticated but um you know kind of in that direction you know which i would i admire a lot actually so yeah yeah there's a there's a bit i liked where one of the, the sisters got all armored up in like some medieval armor Oh, yeah. Chaos in that. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the part with the machine gun? I, don't know I think it was so. Before, uh, yeah, it was around that for sure. Yeah. Where they yeah. they were trying to get the priest to kill himself. Like one was taunting him to do it, and the other was like, "No, yeah. you won't get into heaven if you do that." Uh, <laughs> that was like just trying to see who wins, and he eventually does, and he's like, oh, yeah. "I win." The other one of the, the sisters, yeah. That was a really interesting death scene. That kind of reminded me of the scene in um, Last House on the Left, where like the the thugs like convince like one of their own to like that one guy who's sort of sort of mentally deficient. You know, he they convince that one guy to commit suicide. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. You know, like, and they, it reminded me of like another movie too, but I don't remember what. So, but that that part, I mean, things like that are always kind of like, whoa, you know. Every once in a while, like even bad movies have interesting ideas in them, you know. Like, I mean, I guess the the sort of classic example that I keep occasionally mentioning is Night Train to Terror, which is basically a movie. It's just a conversation between God and and Satan, you know. But like, that's an interesting idea. The movie itself isn't really any good, but I still love the idea. <laughs> Yeah. Um, thought that uh the the fat guy with the mustache there reminded me of Paul Bear from the WWF, <laughs> the Undertaker's manager. Oh yeah, didn't he like get put in a casket or something and buried yeah. alive? <laughs> oh man, I I thought it was him for a second. <laughs> it's gonna look like him. That guy used to scare me when I was little. Like his voice was so high pitched and creepy, and he was like, he had that tight, he had that like tight tie that was all the way up to his neck and made his like chin look really big. Paul Bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, wasn't he keeping the Undertaker's soul in an urn or something like that? And, yeah. Like. <laughs> he like fought a battle he had to summon kane which was undertaker's like brother who he physically scarred with acid or something like that (laughs) (laughs) like he had to like summon him from the depths of hell to kill his brother or so i don't remember exactly what the plot was but 
That was back in the days when I was into the WWF slash WWE. That was actually interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I haven't thought about Paul Bearer for a while. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. No, um, Rabid Grannies. I don't know. Not much to say about it other than, you know, you get to watch old ladies turn into demons and eat people. It's you know, pretty cool if you like that sort of thing. So, yeah. It's no, it's, but having said that, if you want like more, like something that's kind of more along these lines involving like demonic possession, like I'd recommend, like, you know, one of your favorite movies, The Evil Dead, or like Mario Bava's Demons. You know, both of those are, I think, superior to this. So. All right. All right. Anybody have anything else they want to say about rabid grannies? Or... I think I'm good. That covers it for me, I think. Okay. Pretty straightforward on that one. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> the next film was your choice, Zach. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the choice I chose in the last episode. Right for people listening but um yeah because in the previous episode you chose um i chose the, the evolved part one last yeah. time but it is not easy to find yeah <laughs> like a lot of trauma stuff apparently i found mm-hmm. out yeah it's it's a bummer because their stuff used to be like available on youtube but then you know i mean we all know what direction youtube has decided to go in as a video platform which is unfortunate but as a result yeah i mean it results in a lot of movies that would otherwise not be seen um not being seen (laughs) so it's a bummer but that's kind of the direction they're going in so but at one point the evolved part one was actually on youtube yeah so so, but we're going to table it and save it for a future episode, along with Double Story, which we haven't, we, we unfortunately weren't able to do. So we're going to wait till that becomes more publicly available, so to speak. Yeah, so. I, can't, I can't wait to watch that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's a French movie, Nick, so watch out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> creepy sex things in it. Yeah, you'll find out. But, um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, so your your uh, secondary yes. choice. My secondary choice, uh, I'd say, is one of Troma's flagship franchises is Class of Newcomb High. So there, so there's more of these. Oh yeah, there's yeah, there's three Class of Newcomb Highs and then two Return to Newcomb High. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah, there's plenty of Newcomb High to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to start the series for a while, so mm. why not do it on the show? Excellent. So I'm gonna read the Wikipedia. This one actually yeah. has a, a decent amount on the on the site. So uh, the film follows the events that unfold at Tromaville High School in New Jersey which is conveniently located next to a nuclear power plant. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's excellent. Uh, an accident at the nuclear power plant is covered up by a plant owner, Mr. Paley, who does not want the facility facility shut down by the safety commission. The accident causes a radioactive water leak, which ends up gruesomely killing a student at the school after the tainted water reaches the drinking fountain. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah. Dude just oozes out green shit and eventually jumps yeah, out the jumps. window. <laughs> yeah. It just melts on the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, I like. I hadn't seen this movie for a long time, you know. So like rewatching it, like I forgot about little things like that and just like how gnarly it was. It's like, oh, okay, excellent. You know. Um, the gang of the school called the Cretans, who are originally part of the honor society, and apparently this is from the same toxic shit just turned them into punks somehow Mm. that was just like breezed over yeah like somehow they sort of kind of became almost like um not like cavemen but almost um more of like a tribe type thing yeah I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, weird looking people. So, in it. <laughs> yeah, except they they weren't really so much a hunter gatherer tribe as much as they were just like a really like domineering type of tribe, you know, kind of like um, class of nineteen eighty four type of thing where you have like these younger like high school students that are part of a gang, uh, basically just terrorizing everybody. Yeah. You know, and it's always punks because it's the eighties. Yeah, (laughs) everybody was afraid of punks in the 80s. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's implied that they've been turned into violent psychopaths by the runoff from the plant. They they pick leaves from a radioactive marijuana plant located in the yard of the nuclear power plant. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Their source is growing weed at a nuclear power plant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got they tons gotta... of security here. No one will ever find it. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of people behind them just working. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's funny shit. Uh, they sell it to Eddie for $10 for joint, which... Yep. It's a normal price like these days, but apparently it was really expensive. <laughs> yeah, back then it would have been again. For these days, that's a normal price. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the past has come full circle. Yeah. Inflation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um at his indoor bikini beach party that night. Eddie pressures his friend Warren and Warren's girlfriend Chrissy into smoking the radioactive joint. And there was one other person that did, but they never showed her again after that scene. <laughs> yeah, that was the one sort of question I had was whatever happened to her? Like I thought she joined the bad guys or the punks. She was cause there was a girl that joined them that like had she like painted webbing on her face and she joined them. But that was her. At first, been. I thought it was. At first, I thought it was the girlfriend, but she popped up later. And that was the throughout. 
Because I know one of the. Uh, I'm not sure. I know I somebody. Them. I thought somebody that smoked it joined them. It, it might have been her. I th- yeah, I thought it was either the teacher or her. So I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it's accidentally ruined by the dancers before anyone can, else can try it. The mutated mm. drug shows itself to have potent aphrodisiac effects, leading to Warren and Chrissy having sex in Eddie's loft. Yeah. Meanwhile, his friends creep on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I always chuckle when that happens because that's just... I don't know. It makes me think of like a summer camp movie or something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, jeez. That's, that's very 80s and 90s thing to have in a movie. Yeah. It's happened in so many movies. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> uh, It doesn't really mention this, but they're like kind of prudes before. Just so we have that. Oh yeah, they're they're um, very clean cut type of like, oh, I don't want to get with her because she's shy. Oh, I don't want to get with him because he's shy type of like, oh, aren't they cute and wholesome type of like main characters that we know and love and can root for because you know they're they're so perfect for each yeah. other. You know, it's and like they, a sitcom romance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they didn't want to <laughs> drink or anything either. Their friend kind of just shoved the joint in their mouth. Yeah, which they didn't have to inhale, just saying. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> they wouldn't have done that unless they wanted to. That's my opinion. So, yep. You know, because it's like, here, try it. And then they're like, oh, oh. And it's like, okay, you, all right, fine. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> they wanted it. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh. However, that same night, both of them have disturbing nightmares about hideously mutating. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She has that, that dream about becoming that, pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy had a huge ass boner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like the size of him. Like it yeah, was it was like, like touched. He was pitching a tent, you know, kind of thing. It didn't show it, but like, you know, under the blanket. Huge it was almost pillar. up to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought because she actually became pregnant that we were going to see a mutated dick at some point. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought too, but not this time. (laughs) I'm sure that's another trauma movie. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that in another trauma movie, but I don't remember which one. But I know that there was at at least a couple that I've seen a killer penis in. At least a couple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, though these effects are seemingly gone by morning, sometime later, Chrissy discovers that she is pregnant and spits a little monster into a nearby toilet. <laughs> I like the way it said that, into a nearby toilet. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they couldn't have just said that she spits out a monster, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it is kind of important, though. Yeah, the the creature travels through the water pipes and lands in a barrel filled with radioactive waste uh, and mutates into a bigger creature. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That creature looked pretty cool. <laughs> it, it did. I was like, whoa, my God, that's pretty sophisticated. Like, <laughs> yeah. Again, like, I could see why this is sort of one of their premier titles, I guess. So, yeah. Because it does kind of, um, you know, have some really so memorable visuals, I guess one would say. So oh, yeah. the creature effects are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the nuclear power plant orders a lockdown of the school and begins an investigation into the student who died at the beginning of the film. Um, which they just had people walk around the whole fucking movie just with, <laughs> yeah. with like Geiger counters and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dudes. yeah, it took a while for that to go anywhere. Yeah, meanwhile, they're just yeah, I... resuming classes. Mm-hmm. I liked the one, yeah. they, one of the scientist dudes, he found the vat where the monster was. He like mm-hmm. dropped his mask in it and he put his whole hand in the vat of fucking soupy, fucking toxic waste. Like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you? <laughs> like, why? And then he, he takes it out. I was like, oh, fuck, and just throws it back in. Like, well, yeah. why did you even bother? <laughs> why? Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. <clears throat> One of the nuclear workers begins to investigate the basement. There we go. <laughs> so his equipment shown signs of a spill. He can't find any evidence outside of a foul odor. After hearing for a second time a sound he's previously dismissed, he investigates. As he's observing a barrel, the monster's arm reaches out and claws his face, disfiguring him. I guess this is a different one. Oh. Is that the same scene? I think. I mean, I, 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 I know. Like after he dropped it. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I think it was. It sort of happened over the court. It, it was sort of like, it, it was like a subplot, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, yeah, I think it was the same guy. It just happened after he dropped it in and everything. And oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I remember. Yeah. The wording confused me. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These Wikipedia writers. Yeah. <laughs> Learn some English. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, as the worker screams out in pain, the monster pulls him into the barrel and eats him, only to cough up his left hand and ID badge, making the worker the monster's first kill. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Warren, tired of the Cretans' constant harassment, ends up going on a radiation-fueled rampage, killing two of them with no memory of the event. Once he comes to his senses. That was kind of a cool scene. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was sort of a messed up, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the main character you were, that did that, you mean? Yeah. That? Yeah, when he, like, raged out on two of the. Mm-hmm. Kind of in an alleyway. Yeah. yeah, and didn't like his skin burn like in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was just he, like just touched one of the bad guys and like burned his skin or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Cretans expelled from the school and cut off from their customer base uh, assault the principal and force him to use the school's radiation alarm to cause an evacuation letting the Cretans bar the building and occupy it. 
which another thing about these like 80s punk things like they're always like against school but stay they want to stay in the school <laughs> like this yeah. class of 1999 oh yeah you can't expel me <laughs> yeah these guys got expelled these guys did get expelled it was funny <laughs> And like they were frisking him while they were getting expelled and like that crazy chick who like in the beginning she beats up a dude by just punt like kicking him in the dick a bunch yeah (laughs) and then she shows up to another like she was beating up on nerds a bunch in this movie like then she shows up to a guy in a urinal that was also nerdy and then just started beating him in the dick too oh yeah (laughs) she stood next to him i thought there was going to be like a weird plot twist or something at that moment but no turned out she was just standing next to him because she was going to beat him up not because she was actually going to yep. piss like a man and reveal herself <laughs> yeah, to be I, I, was like, <laughs> I was like what's gonna happen yeah. here? i was but so ready for that getting... plot twist yeah because it did have the <laughs> other dude yeah <laughs> yep. yeah one of my as they were getting expelled the fr- one of the frisking my favorite lines from her <laughs> she might have been my favorite one of those group in that group just because she was mm. fucking crazy yeah so me she too frisked she just had a bunch of like used condoms it looked like in her yeah. in her pockets and like she was just like God bless America limp dick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So funny. Yeah. Um, and then after that they were like trying to not get expelled and started singing the Star Spangled Banner or some shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Country. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> and then don't they like tie up the janitor or something like afterward? Or... I think so, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I remember that happening. It's okay. in the process of doing this, the Cretans shoot and kill the principal secretary, who happened to open the door just as the gang was torturing the principal. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> what was the principal? <laughs> Yeah. Um, capturing Chrissy as bait for Warren, the leader of the gang, holds her hostage in the basement and plans to kill her in front of Warren, only to be interrupted by the now adult monster. Mm. Which um, yeah. the, the leader of the gang kind of looked like um, shit, now I'm forgetting his name. He looked like Tim Thomerson a little bit. Like um like a younger Tim Thomerson. Oh, I, I thought he looked like a Mark McGrath. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. Yeah, yo, I'm Mark McGrath. Sugar Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like from a distance, he kind of looked like him. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Listening to the radio in the 90s. Hey, yo, we got a special request. What do you want? Uh, I want some Sugar Ray, please. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, Warren goes into the school to save her, and he discovers the adult monster who kills every one of the Cretans. Warren finally zaps the beast with a laser in the physics laboratory, which was conveniently showed earlier in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's another one of those setups, but you know, I mean, at least it went somewhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Um, he and Chrissy flee from the school right after the monster explodes along with the school, uh, also killing Mr. Paley inside. The, the students celebrate victory as over the loudspeakers that the school will be shut down for remodeling. Uh, while reconstruction is taking place, one of the monster babies appears squirming through the remains of a destroyed school. Um, the screen freeze frames on the creature as the screen interverts shortly before fading out and the credits roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another leaving little the, twist at the end. Yeah, leaving the door wide open for a sequel, of which we've got plenty. So. Yep. Yeah. That was class of Nukem High. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was this was I think one of the first ones I ever saw. The first one of the first trauma movies I saw. Like it was, I, I'm I think the very first one I saw was I believe Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, but this one I saw shortly after that. So, and uh, I hadn't seen it since then. So rewatching it like all this time later, like. I still think it's pretty entertaining. I thought it was funny then, and I still find it funny. So it's yeah. one of those kind of cheap, charming type of things. It's just, and I like its message too. Like, I like the fact that it's kind of about, like, I, I like the fact that it's about radiation and like radiation <laughs> poisoning, like, because that is kind of a serious issue. And, you know, of course, it's used sort of as an excuse to like show a lot of exploding body parts. But I mean, <laughs> still enjoy it for what it is yeah. you know so. i gave it a three and mm. i enjoyed it overall but yeah. not not quite what i was expecting you know hearing things about it for so many years yeah <clears throat> i would give it a three as well definitely not my favorite of theirs um it's i'd say it's a little bit dated compared to what they've kind of done since then but um i don't know there's still a charm that i enjoy but having said that i could imagine this is the type of movie that would get hyped up a lot you know because it is a pretty popular one so yeah Mm -hmm. uh yeah i'd give it a three as well um it was entertaining, you know. wasn't like shitty, shitty. Um, can watch it. I'd say it's a watchable little flick. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> There's something just kind of um, what what's the word? Um, irresistible about these like '80s punk movies, like Suburbia and films like that. It just it's just such an interesting snapshot. Yeah. It, was, it had a nice little theme song too for it that played throughout the movie. <laughs> the music, the soundtrack was splendid. It's uh, that's one thing I gotta give this movie a lot of credit for is that it's had some great music. So, and uh, actually, I, I you know I may as well also sort of mention the soundtrack to the movie we're going to talk about after this was is really amazing too. So. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that one was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So. And um, this is one that Lloyd Kaufman directed under a pseudonym. Just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. I don't know why he did because it kind of <laughs> kicked off the whole thing, basically. Yeah, this and Toxic Avenger. That's funny. Pseudonym Samuel Wheel. 
Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> huh. Well. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of, I mean, everybody knows that Troma mostly puts out schlock, but a lot of amazing people got their start from Troma. So. I mean, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, you know, who many people argue as being one of the best pair of satirists of our time, you know, their first, you know, film, their first project was a trauma movie, you know, so and I can think of several other actors and, you know, and I think that um, I don't know. I just I think that there's just there's something that um, is sort of unmistakable about like their approach, you know. actually oh yeah go on i was gonna mention uh james gunn as well Mm. yeah he didn't he do like um tromeo and juliet yeah he did a bunch for troma actually Mm. excellent yeah and lloyd kaufman i think had a cameo in guardians of the galaxy yep that's funny (laughs) yeah Actually, I, I think on a previous episode we meant I mentioned that like we'd only talked about one other trauma film on the show, uh, Surf Nazis Must Die. But it turns out actually, um, and I didn't even sort of realize this, but Christmas Evil was a trauma movie. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, oh. I didn't I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. anyway so i guess we should talk about our final sort of film which is the one that you chose nick yep it is um called deaf by deaf def by temptation mm. uh it's a little it's a different than these these last ones we uh were are discussing i'd say yeah there's definitely i mean definitely better acted in the acting department <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> a little more serious take. It still had some comedy bits, but it wasn't as like over the poppy type, crazy trauma type shit going on. <laughs> there was, you know, a mo- there was of course like a monster, but you didn't really see much of it till the end. Like in the monster suit, at least you see the the, the person throughout the movie, of course. But uh, so. The plot yeah. follows the son of Samuel Jackson. I put I chose this movie because Samuel Jackson was on the cover. <laughs> it's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought he would be more, but I'm not surprised he wasn't in it as much as him being the like one on the cover. Yeah. It was I'm in his Spike Lee assuming- days too. Like <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm assuming this was before he got super big and then they like redid the cover just to put him on it <laughs> to sell it more. I don't know. I don't know if he was Probably. big before this or not. Or <laughs> Well, let's see. I mean, <clears throat> I'm guessing that the movie was filmed a few years before it was released. Like, I think what happened um, was that this movie was sort of a like a small, smaller type of project made but because i noticed that there were a few people in this movie that were also that have also been in spike lee movies that were made around the same time like um school days and do the right thing and so i'm kind of i'm thinking that like some of the folks involved in those films 
you know, because we're talking about like kind of smaller crews. Um, I think some of those folks uh, made sort of their own little projects. And then when some of the actors in those movies, like Samuel L. Jackson ended up becoming part of the mainstream, I think that's kind of when Troma picked this up or maybe they picked it up before that and then released it around the time that those movies were getting popular or around the time Samuel L. Jackson was starting to become a household name or so I'm not really quite sure exactly when this movie was released, but uh, I'm, that's my guess about like, the making of it. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it starts off with, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. He's a minister, you know, teaching his son ministriness. And uh, he, like, he, like, sees an apparition of some creepy ghost lady. But mm. it's generally just all a dream of his son years later when he's an adult. You know, he's having these dreams of his dad and creepy ghost lady and He's becoming a minister as well. He's from, you know, North Carolina. Uh, his name's Joel. Um, and, you know, he's having troubles deciding on, you know, is this what I want to do? Do I want to be a minister? So he rings up, I think it's his cousin or it's just a friend or I don't think it's his brother. Like some an actual brother. Of, some type of confidant. Yeah, a friend, a childhood friend, because like uh, I know Kay was like, "Don't tell Grandma you're coming over, whatever." Say hi. Like they're familiar family, at least for sure. For yeah, they they've known each other for a long time. Maybe his godfather. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think it's that because <laughs> they were around the same age. I, I I got the idea that they grew up together in the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i'm just throwing out guesses but yeah yeah but uh his friend Kay lives in new york city and he's i guess a successful actor he's been in like franchise movies and stuff and whatnot and he uh he wants to go up there to new york city to take a break from his minister studies to see you know if there's something else out there for him if that's what he really wants to do uh, and his friend's like hell yeah you're my bro come on down or up I guess from North Carolina to New York City you know so it's a little fish out of water minister from North Carolina New York City you know there's a little bit of that um, but you know the main plot is you know the test of <laughs> the test of faith for this young minister the whole time <laughs> this is like the underlying <laughs> plot the, the narration the whole arc is basically you know, following that little priest boy. Yeah. Uh, which, which I think he made a, like a, uh, I mean, he was easy to care about. Yeah. So, and, and Samuel Jackson died early on too. So all, everything he sees was just like flashbacks and shit. Just add yeah. that in. Um, and then, so, it, I mean, the, one of the first scenes is uh, that we're shown the other main character, which is the demon lady, I guess. At first, I thought it was going to be a vampire film, so I was like, oh yeah, I'm pumped up. I love mm. vampire films. Especially, and I haven't seen one like in this setting. Uh, but it, I don't think, I can't qualify her as a vampire, really. I think she was just like a succubus type demon thing. That yeah. Because kind of I think she was all out in the daylight and shit, but but she didn't reflect in mirrors but yeah i think she was a succubus because she was definitely some type of demon but like 
didn't yeah, really think really yeah. vampire it didn't seem yeah so you know one of the first scenes is her picking up one of the bartenders um killing him and i don't know eating his soul and she oh yeah that was out she... that was that was an interesting death scene the, the is that the one with the shower or yeah, yeah. yes yeah. They, they do it and then they get into the shower yeah and the starts pouring out blood and she laughs maniacally as he freaks out and <laughs> you see yeah he... <laughs> oh yeah i which i didn't expect you know so you get, i didn't get a little get a little bit of male nudity you know in this so dog, dog. Yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. um so yeah we 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 pick up again um bef- like as Joel's on his way up to New York City uh his his brother cousin friend whatever he is is you know just chilling out at the bar that uh this demon lady picks up dudes she seems to generally go for guys that are cheating or so the the first bartender his first victim was he wasn't the cheater the lady he was sleeping with like he planned to sleep with someone that was married so she picked him as his first victim and then another guy an old nerdy norman uh, he was definitely cheating on his wife, <laughs> and then that was one yeah. of his victim, her victims. Uh, and then the other one of more, I don't know, kind of importance, I guess, was some just other random dude that we saw a couple times. Yeah, didn't really do much. Yeah, no, he was hit on by a gay dude, and I couldn't tell if he was just a surly gay man who was like, I'm "Not looking for anything tonight," but. I'll take that drink if you want. And then he was like, eh, eh, and walked away. He's like, no. <laughs> but he, so he gets he gets seducted by her and is murdered as well. Yeah. Um, and then another, so the third or fourth, I guess, ish main character is this guy we see that's in the bar all the time, hitting on chicks poorly. Just yeah, do it like real, real cheesy and inappropriate one-liners the whole time. <laughs> His name was Dougie. <laughs> I was like, and he always had a suspicion for that girl, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, he was a bit so of a spooky guy, <laughs> a little, little bit. <laughs> right. At first, you're like, "What's his deal?" And he's just a creeper. But yeah, you know him. Or so anyway. uh K, you know, gets seduced by this vampire or not vampire succubus lady. They have a nice night. She doesn't go all crazy on him or kill him. They just have a nice night, and you know, the next day K tells his friend all about her. He's like, yeah, he might, she might be the one. I, I didn't get her name though. <laughs> and uh, it's like okay, they, they have after. Yeah. Um, so after uh, he meets her, or after Joel gets to the city, they have a little uh, one of those changing clothes montages because they're <laughs> gonna go out to the bar and show him show him the city life. And 
that was that was a funny little it wasn't like a montage because there was no music behind it but it was like him trying on different suits and i, I liked it it was a funnier one like and i will say those two those two actors were good you know they had some good chemistry good like back and forth and everything you know i love their report like i th- i feel like they um <clears throat> it, it there was a sort of certain degree of comfort com- uh familiarity and comfort I guess in their like interactions that just kind of made their overall banter feel more like alive, you know. So yeah, the uh, the guy who like, plays Joel is actually the writer and director too. Oh yeah, yeah, J- yeah I saw that. Yeah, James Bond James the third. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess was a yeah. child actor. He looks familiar. I don't. But yeah. Yeah, I know I've seen him in a in something else. I just I don't remember though. Hmm. But I didn't recognize anyone in here. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the bar again, you know, and she's there as she is every night apparently. Uh, hmm. It's her hobby. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's her feeding ground. Yeah, uh, but this time she's picking up Joel. And she is blowing off Kay, who is like, "What the fuck?" Like she's have I like she immediately even before like Kay says, "Hey, so I've got like because he like went to the bathroom or something," and he comes out and they're already talking, and she even goes up to him. I we've never met. This is our first time meeting. Hi. Like he didn't even get a chance to say, "Oh, I look. I guess this is the girl I was talking about." And he was like, "Nope." Mm. He immediately shut it down real quick. And- <laughs> <laughs> and he's like what so funny it's confused understandably he's like uh oh yeah <clears throat> uh, so I guess like I don't know what the whole point of her was but she needed to like seduce someone in the last of the line of I don't know, a minister, just the last person in the line of a family, which he was, I guess. Yeah. That was her overall goal. I don't know why or what it would do. Yeah, I don't don't think it ever said. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she just was really into seducing people who were part of a clergy. You know, like maybe vampires have take a certain pride or demon, demonic succubus creatures take a certain pride in in um you know taking down people who are of, of a faithful disposition maybe that maybe it has something to do with that it, it was that they did mention that it was her main goal like of her demon i don't know species if there is one was they have to they have to like uh tempt the like a holy man or whatever into doing doing stuff they yeah doing the deed yeah <laughs> but anyway and so they I, get, yeah so they get uh they get back from the hotel or from the bar i mean and they get in a little kerfuffle <laughs> and, and i don't know just a little you know second act fight <laughs> yeah um, which it, it happened so fast i just was kind of like okay didn't end up going anywhere really yeah 
and uh, she eventually comes over to do another date with Joel because she wants him. She wants his purity, and she again shows up to his uh, Kay's apartment, and like Joel goes to you know get ready and whatever, and uh, Kay confronts her. He's like, "What the fuck? What are you doing? What kind of games you playing and shit?" And and as he's you know fighting with her. He's a, there's a mirror in his background and he like, you know, he's like, oh, well, he turns around, you know, in a huff and then notices that she doesn't show up in the mirror. And he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And he does like, if I was like, and then, and then they just leave hit uh, he, the girl, like she threatens him or whatever. And, uh, but the girl and Jewel leave. And if, I don't know why he didn't say anything to him. He's like, what the, f-? like, Hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. <laughs> And he just let him leave without even really saying anything. And he might have just been in shock. I don't know, but like he just let him leave. I'd have been like, uh, <laughs> this is shit I've heard in like movies. I don't know if I'm seeing shit or whatnot, but Yeah, that is that does seem like something that would be strange to like ignore. You know, that was a little bit of plot convenience, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Kay goes to this that the, the creepy dude that's been hitting on people, hitting on the girls in that bar, and that guy always, you know, had a suspicion of her. He's like, something ain't right about her, and uh, it co- uh, we've come to find out that this guy, Dougie, is actually some kind of detective that works on like mm. paranormal cases in the FBI. <clears throat> okay, that part I did. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't either. I was like, what the? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. That, 180. <laughs> yeah, that totally threw me for a loop. I was like, like okay, what? Yeah, best undercover cop ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Because <laughs> his whole thing was that he was like trying to eye her down and like get her, get her caught. He was specifically going after this lady because uh, I don't know, he had info on her and shit, but couldn't prove anything and they, yeah. It, the, well, the he bureau, said, yeah, the bureau wouldn't approve, so they have to go undercover, not undercover, but yeah, know, it, it was those. like it was almost like a um, uh, what do you call like an idle hands kind of thing? You know, this is the closest I've come to finding the demon. You know, I I can't let it get away this time. You know, mm-hmm. so. he pretty, pretty much said that verbatim. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I that's like a phrase I've heard in more than one of these movies. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like the demon hunter comes to the town where the demon is hiding inside of the body of somebody or it's hiding underground or something. And then like the guy who's hunting the demon says, I don't, I've never been this close before or something like that. You know, so. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So Kay first goes to him and says like, yo, you said you didn't trust her. I didn't see you in a mirror. This shit's <laughs> fucked up. And he, <laughs> and he came in like, I know you're not going to believe me, but hear me out. Just hang on. Hear me out. She was not in a mirror. And he was like, yep, I believe you. And then he took him into like the fucking police station and showed him all this shit. And and then they go to a psychic lady to tell him about, I don't know. I don't know why they went to a, went to a psychic lady to get some help. (laughs) Yeah. They really didn't even need to do that. Like, Right. And then she gives him a detour. Yeah. Just ran like, let's just go to a psychic lady. But she does give a lot of info. She gives yeah. them the info that she's a temptation demon. That oh, dude, she, she gave away to... the whole plot. Yeah, at least somebody did. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> she basically said that yeah she's a temptation demon she has to kill this joel kid because he's the last in the line and you know she gets off or she like gets rises to power after corrupting an innocent yeah he was um and then and then they're like discussing ways to do when i a little line a little beat i thought was funny is like they were discussing ways to like dispose of her a killer because she was like she's like unkillable and the guy was like the detective was like uh why can't we just like subdue her in like a some holy water rip out her heart while it's still beating bury it in like buried or like hollowed ground <laughs> and like uh, and like uh k was like uh uh that's some freaky shit i'm out <laughs> <laughs> that was funny that was great <laughs> yeah and then like so the tempest the temptress is realizing that she's getting contacted or whatever like by the, oh, well i guess it's she has her power comes from when she's actually doing it but if i guess she's being resisted she loses power so like right. joel and joel and her were on like just a coffee date at some like pastry shop and he's resisting her advances and then she's like getting a headache and getting all sick and shit so she excuses herself to the bathroom where she like somehow knows that she's being like tracked by this psychic and she like somewhat possesses she like possesses the psychic for a little bit and like screams at detective and k and they fucking book it out of there I'm like fuck the shit <laughs> just book it out yeah. of there while she's being possessed that's the moment where they're like okay we're in over our heads you know um and then you know throughout the movie you see uh the grandma the aforementioned grandma that you know she wants the one that wants joel to continue his ministryness but She's like, you know, say protect says protect uh protect Joel. She's like, you know, praying praying to God, protect Joel. And then she even starts having these weird visions and shit. Like she was, you know, looking at a baby picture of him, and it starts bleeding out of the eyes. And uh, she has a dream about like the whole thing basically that she like sees the seductress and like in this weird trippy dream and then all of the victims too like that we saw her kill were like all like fucked up in there all half dead and everything zombie like so she knows shit's going down up there <laughs> like yeah. she's she's a god-fearing grandma like so uh so she does you know eventually make her way up there but that's for later the initial plan for Kay and the detective were they go to the bar uh, they see like the main bartender guy that they're friendly with uh, and uh, they you know say yeah she's fucking crazy uh, can you should they give him just some holy water to pour in her drink and, um, and then we'll take care of the rest and surprisingly it works because it looked like as he was pouring it he was like pouring it real sketchy like to her back and like she was looking him down i thought he was gonna get caught i thought she was, yeah, yeah. She was, gonna he was go, shaking it too go on the way yeah 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 that was and he said yeah. and <laughs> that was pretty bad 
and he was and as he was giving her he was he was like had a nervous like breaking like his uh voice was breaking oh this uh, this is this is on the house uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on the house she, it's like uh-oh words got now about you right like she for the type of demon she is who's fooling people she should have red flag should have been going up but no nah, she just yeah. you know chugs it and then gets starts getting fucked up oh <laughs> okay <laughs> hey and the detective dougie uh they start yeah. coming in and trying to sub- kill her but they they can't i think that's what happens right she's too powerful or something like that okay yeah so she uh she they try like dougie tries to stab her but she has like psychic powers too so like turns it into like him trying to stab himself Mm. and they stop that i guess she she gets away or some shit and then (laughs) then they part ways (laughs) Yeah, they part ways after that because they are like they get out onto the street and their car's gone and yeah the detective says let's go this way and Kay was like no I'm going this way and then they fight about for like thirty seconds and they're like this is where you part ways see you later (laughs) yeah they separate yep so um and I guess I'll go with the detective we see him getting chased down. Um, he so gets into it. He like does. He flashes his police badge. Gets into a car as he's being chased down. But shit, who? It, it, the driver turned out to be a demon. I forget who it was. It was one it was of the. Characters that I think was, it was a bartender. Oh, okay. It was okay, one of her so previous. Yeah, the, yeah. No, it was that. It was that bartender that helped them out. So I guess he got fucked off screen. Like got turned off screen or something. And then, like, that lady that we see throughout the movie dressed in black was, you know, in the seat next to him. She pops up, and that's the last we see of him. We don't know what happens. I wonder. (laughs) I don't think we're ever going to get a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I mean, we'll we'll hold on to that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then we, so we see what, so we eventually follow Kay who is like uh, sketching out he's like he gets to his apartment he's like looking through it um you know he has does he have a knife i don't he does he does eventually so. grab a knife out <laughs> but yeah. he first you know goes to the fridge starts chugging a 40 and then, he, then the tv turns on so he like grabs a knife and then oh, yeah. the tv he likes he's checking the tv out and it turns out to be him and what I'm assuming isn't something that he's made, because yeah. in the beginning of the movie he shows like his friend a gun that's a pro- well not it's a real gun, but a gun that he used in like this action trilogy he was in, but it was like this weird kind of creepy like him with being I don't know if he, I don't even know if he was speaking English, but he was like kind of demonic ish, yeah, kind of luring the real K to the TV. It's like what the fuck is this? And then Kay gets sucked into the TV. <laughs> yeah, which was like, okay, all right. Like, oh, now we're going to shocker territory. No, because I did like that K guy. He was he was pretty cool. And then because he gets sucked, he sucked into the TV, and then just blood and like spinal spinal cord gets shot out. And it's like, oh, yeah. he's dead. Oh yeah. well, rip. It's kind of like damn. K. <laughs> yeah, kind of a bummer bummer way to go, but. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this movie then... I, it has little homages to The Shining, by the way, with the the next day card or later that day or whatever. Those little title yeah, cards that, that came up occasionally. Card. Yeah. I don't I know if that Poulter, added. It was like Poltergeist. Was that the one where the TV people get sucked on the TV? <laughs> that one scene well, was Poltergeist TV, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking shocker, but Except I guess. Back up. I mean, I the, there's a scene. The little girl gets stuck in a TV in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah she gets pulled into like the ghost dimension, but then the part where the TV explodes makes me think of like Videodrome or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you gotta like, you, you gotta think, get the so... fingerprints off of, off of like people's inspirations. So. But yeah, go on. Um, so like I guess forget the, the complete timeline of these last fifteen or so minutes. Uh, well, I know the very so... last thing. Yeah, but go okay, on. So let's let's go with let's go with Joel. He is he ignores. Kay's wishes. He's like, no, mm-hmm. she's a because Kay eventually comes back. You know, relays what happened, what they saw with the psych psychic lady. She's like, she's a bad lady. She's a demon. There's no reflection. And he's like, oh, you're crazy. You're because and he, he admits that you know I was je- a little a little jealous because that was the girl I was telling you about. And then they they get into a big fight that's never resolved because Kay dies. Uh, but anyways, he ignores Kay. He goes to see her again, and she tries. She's trying real hard to get him, but his his faith is too strong. He's like, no, no. She tries to give him like this weird colored wine. So I'm assuming it was some type of. Well, it, it was because she drinks it, and then I assume, and then just starts making out with him. After yeah. all, his, he's like, no, no. and infects him. After all his, after, yeah. So she drinks it and I think just spits it into his mouth while he's making out. I think because so, yeah. she just <laughs> and then he just starts spazzing out like he's poisoned. He gets knocked out and he's like he sees he's Samuel Jackson makes a return in the end of the movie. By the end, um, I forget kind of what he was there for. I think it was just him tripping after he got pat and knocked out by those drugs. Yeah, like, that's, not, that's the impression I got. You're not my father or something. He's just saying something like that. You're like, you're not my <laughs> father. He's, he's dead or something. Or, I don't fucking know. But he, he was yelling at Samuel Jackson. He was Samuel Jackson was trying to give him ministerial advice. <laughs> but other than, but so he's like coming to and stuff. And she's trying to, you know, finish the job. But Granny Ooh. shows up. <laughs> she shows up and starts beating on fucking the lady, but she throws yeah. her across the room. <laughs> throws her across the room. Like I was like, oh, she did. Like an old lady can't can't go across the room, smack into a corner of a wall. But, no. yeah, she made it. <laughs> yeah, she, she survived. Yeah. And then, and then that's where we get the most like this film didn't feel too trauma to me until like this, like we see like a glimpse, like because we see a few glimpses, like uh, when she's you know murdering people. She, like it's uh, she's in like a what do they call those beds with the curtains that hang down and shit. Well, um, uh, canopy, canopy bed. Yeah, like a, she has a canopy bed, and when she's killing people, 
it shows that she definitely turned into a beast. Like, mm. I, not the same one she turned into in the last because it looked a lot hairier and bigger right. when she like killed some, one of the guys. But she eventually, you know, turned into a beast, and this was like the most trauma-y part of this whole movie, almost. Like, I'd say because it had like you know the goodish, the fairly decent uh, costume of her demon form. Yeah, and she's trying to kill the she's trying to kill the grandma because <coughs> she's still alive. She's like holding her up, trying to kill her, and then you know Joel's all fucked up, but he's <laughs> hearing the words of Samuel L. Jackson, you know. Say the words, yeah. say the words of the Bible to her or whatever, and he's like, he's crawling on to, the ground to reach that crucifix. <laughs> you have to believe. You have to believe. Yeah, he has believe to like in believe in, in the in the word of God and in his faith in order yeah. to take down the demon from hell. Yep, he has to do it, and he, uh, you know, he grabs the cross and is like shines it on her, and you know that cross that cross reflection light kind of shit you do in exorcist movies like <laughs> they also did it in like the boogeyman as well <laughs> yeah. he had a more decent exorcist speech than i was expecting i don't remember any of it but i was just like oh, at least he didn't go it's like the power of christ compels you for the millionth time of a yeah. movie doing that yeah yeah we've seen that too many times decent, decent speech but yeah <laughs> He defeats her that way, yeah. Yeah. And um, let's see. There's like a twist ending. Yep, there is a twist ending. So, <laughs> so all these movies have twist endings. These it's great. Movies, man, and they're all <laughs> twisted. Yeah. You get some it's fucking like... sham night on ding dong and to do trauma. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised that I'm not director show... for it. For real, dude. He's like. <laughs> hit, hit... He, he, it's like his movies are are trauma movies, except not interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> very like little his, reason to watch them. Yeah, his. He, I kind of wish that for the stupidity of them. Oh my god, the happening! I love. I mean, you know, <laughs> I loved. I loved the happening. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh my god. Well, the thing is, I I find that movie insanely entertaining, and I and I actually oh, yeah, me too. there's something about it, like where like. If if it's playing, like I I just gotta finish it. I think you know it's just like if I'm if I'm like flipping through channels and it's on TV, it's like oh the happening here we go. You know, like now we're getting real here. Uh, yeah, one of the best scenes in any movie is like that lemonade scene. Like like what is she says like who drank my lemonade? About <laughs> the lemonade, she's just going off on someone drinking that lemonade or some shit. I love that scene. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i kind of wish that m night Shyamalan's first movie had been a trauma movie yeah that would have been magical yeah what a different world we would be living in <laughs> yeah the visit almost feels like it could be a trauma movie in a way almost like but you know it's still not as gnarly as trauma movies usually are you know the, the visit's a little a little too vanilla for trauma so yeah, so the twist with this one was that uh, Dougie, the the detective, mm. where the hell he, sh- he shows up again? Oh, it's in that's a bar. So I'll first set up at the first. Ah, shit, I should have said this in the beginning. I was meant to. Uh, like, oh well. 
the first like the the bartender guy her first victim you know she has a cigarette in her mouth and uh he lights it for her with a match and she says you know you should use a cigarette lighter it burns slower which i i mean i smoke my fair share of cigarettes i don't know if that's entirely true or makes any type of <laughs> scientific sense because after a cigarette like ash is lit i don't think it is hotter because you lit it with a, a match if anything i'd assume it would be smaller because because when you light them with a match the the, the flame is tiny tiny <laughs> and yeah. a big a big for say it's a big old thing and you inhale like your first drags half butane so i mean <laughs> yeah i'm gonna guess that the match is, thing is like a superstition or something or an old wives tale uh, or whatever they call them or maybe i think it was just a cool line they came up with honestly <laughs> 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 because probably because in the, in the end it comes back you see a guy like you see his hand you know and a, a cute young lady she lights him a, a cigarette with a match you don't see yeah. who it is but it pans out or whatever uh and it shows that it's dougie <laughs> a little look, he looks a little different and he, he says the same line you know you should use a cigarette lighter <laughs> and it's like, long. oh <laughs> no! Yep, because he looks a little like his face is a little more deformed—not deformed fully. He still looks humanish, but like maybe he had like some gnarlier teeth-ish. He definitely yeah. looked different, <clears throat> more possessed. The, at least, yeah. The point is, but he's not, he's yeah. He's a new one. A yeah, male succubus. Yeah. What are they called? Is, incubus. It could be it. I know there is a male version of it. I don't know what the term is, but there's definitely a male version of it. Yeah, it's like male succubus or incubus or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but but either way, that's what he's. Yeah, that's the twist. Yeah, and he came off like, and he did come off a lot more charming. Like, I'll give him Mm. props. The the I'll give James Bond the third props for tying that together because he was you know douchey like his pickup lines are scummy and cheesy but I, I think he had a, he had a charming personality on that last little scene yeah. of him some character girl that girl yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah no I actually really dug the cast they it was yeah. um, some yeah I don't know they were all pretty likable even the succubus I was kind of like yeah, she I don't was know. cool. I liked her for a bad car- a bad guy. She was a cool one. Yeah, she was a cool character. Like, yeah, I don't know. So, but um, I actually really quite enjoyed this movie, to be honest. Like, I I tend to like yeah, movies about like evil, like seductor, seductress type characters. Like, I love like Under the Skin and Liquid Sky and movies like that. And <clears throat> this movie sort of fit kind of like along those lines i mean not maybe cheaper than those but like still kind of charming in the same sort of way that i like those kinds of things i mean i need to give this movie a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because the copy that i watched looked like crap Uh, (laughs) honestly um... and um i know it got released on blu-ray not too long ago and so i think i'm gonna have to re-watch this movie at some somewhere down the line like because i i do feel like this movie could have like benefited from like a better 
quality sort of like it wasn't like unwatchable or anything like that it just looked kind of muddy and then there were just parts that i okay. i don't know the transfer just looked a little yeah. bit too grainy and out of focus and i just couldn't quite follow parts of it but um yeah, i still I, enjoyed it though yeah so. i mean i watched it on a like it was the official release of a youtube i'd paid money mm. for it or whatever so and i think yeah. it was an hd version i watched too and it looked <laughs> good to me I, yeah so yeah i watched I, it on an old taped version so i mean like, i don't know much about the history of this either so i guess because as far as trauma movies go i would wouldn't have even really known this it was a trauma movie to be honest and then, like i assume i assume they may have like written it in order to shop it around and trauma picked it up or something yeah that's because what happened there's no trauma yeah. type that was yeah that's what i said yeah because there's almost no trauma stuff except for like the costume at the end yeah because yeah, it was pretty straightforward decent and like like i like i agree with you yeah, i would definitely like give it a rewatch i'd probably watch it in general because it was i pretty much i did like the whole you know i mean even though the the, the you know the title death by temptation was a little on the nose it was a little Agreed. interesting a little interesting arc of a country boy ministry man testing his faith you know like like one of my favorite somewhat related from dust till dawn <laughs> you know? i love that movie a ministry man losing <clears throat> getting tested by demons and monsters <laughs> well so. it's such a cool idea the idea of somebody a faithless person who or who used to be a like a person of faith or used yeah, to be yeah. a preacher or something yeah. suddenly being confronted with the supernatural after they've you know given up on the idea that's a really really cool idea you know i love movies that sort of challenge like they have main characters in them that sort of that have like challenging issues regarding like faith and spirits and like what what exists or what the meaning of things are what's real and what isn't you know i love those kinds of those kinds of movies and yeah so it definitely made this character the the main character in this more like engaging and easier to sort of connect with as a as a protagonist because because like i'm not i'm not a religious guy but like I, i i respect people who give up well i respect them like that they give up all good things they like can't have sex until i mean i don't know what type of religion he is some can't have sex some can't until marriage so you know he can't drink or do anything you know like normal people the general public i should say i guess would do yeah all all, based all on faith because that's what you know religion is is something you can never prove i mean i can never do it that's for sure so i mean Good, good for yeah. him for sticking sticking to his gun and resisting the temptation. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's an interesting character idea and it's an interesting sort of journey. Like, even though like the main plot is obviously about like demonic succubus and stuff like that, I still felt like <clears throat> you know, if you're gonna watch a supernatural themed kind of movie about the testing of one's faith, you may as well have interesting characters to go along with it. So. Yeah, and all, um, like that's again yeah. why I noticed it probably wasn't a trauma film because they all were fairly interesting, all the main characters yeah. and it was no, well that's acted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the <laughs> like, thing is, like, trauma, <laughs> like, I mean, trauma. The thing is, like, they, I mean, they do make their own movies, but most of their film catalog are typically consist of films that they sort of picked up along the way at like various festivals and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. sort of are like low budget, sort of 
like low low grade lo-fi productions that just have like a certain kind of like quality to them that just they they seem to just embrace movies that are really rough around the edges or or just have like just cheap qualities to them you know they're i think they're more into the like the low rent side of cinema you know which i think this movie i mean i feel like it's cheapness sort of actually worked in favor of what it was going for because like the the sort of weird muddy style of it made me think of like a cheap like gorilla style 70s movie or something you know like it had that kind of feel to it you know and i was actually even surprised by some of like the cinematography of it too (laughs) like there was that one scene where uh hey was trying to trying to like uh you know wake up his brother or his friend joel like like it was backlit with him like joel being you know come succumbing to it it was like he was backlit in like blue blue colors blue shades Mm. like uh k trying to put you know the wisdom on him it was like there was a normal lamp like it was just lit in like white colors and shit and they did that throughout honestly like some of like like when he was pouring the holy water there was like she was in like a darker thing and he was the the bartender was like lit red and stuff and you could tell like oh something's gonna happen and shit so like yeah this movie had a pretty had a pretty supreme sense of style i felt you know which I thought it was cool. It kind of gave it a little bit more of like a like an animated feel a little bit, you know. Although one thing I will say is that like it also felt like as far as you know what was going on because you sort of mentioned it kind of the impression that you got initially was that it was going to be some type of vampire movie and stuff. It's actually a surprise. Like it's a relatively mild mannered, you know, mild structured type of film. Like there isn't really a whole lot about it that's particularly edgy at least until like toward the end you know up until that point it's it does it is kind of like a slower paced sort of movie a little bit more like about the human characters more focused on them you know that's that's probably why like it was more character based than the yeah shock or value there wasn't too much in it or anything yeah it didn't really it was like all the a lot of the kills were like off screen and shit and yeah like it definitely didn't feel like a horror movie it, it felt more yeah. like a almost like a like a supernatural mystery you know so yeah. so so i think maybe like part of the issue with this film perhaps could be like the fact that like it, it is it does i could i could imagine this movie sort of being um victim to false advertisement if people watched it sort of expecting it to be like a gory horror movie and then like kind of being let down to discover oh it's more of like a faith-based film about like that has like some supernatural elements it's you know i could just see some people getting kind of pissed off by that which also might be why the title death by temptation i don't know maybe that's not the best type of title but i don't know how do you sell a a movie like this though (laughs) that's the thing like (laughs) you can't really i mean it's it sort of fits into its own sort of niche category. So. Yeah. So. 
Interesting choice. I'm glad you. I'm glad. I'm actually glad you picked it though. Like out of the three films that we watched on this episode, or four films actually, Recipe for Temptation uh, or Seduction. <laughs> um, oh, <shit>. Oops. <laughs> um, <clears throat> of the four films we watched on this episode, I, I I'd have to say this film was probably the one I found most enjoyable. So I think I'd give it like a three I or a four. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd give it a four. But I'm gonna go with three and a half just because they put Samuel L. Jackson on the front. He was barely in it. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting more Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that's another thing about false advertising. It's like, oh, you're gonna put the somebody who's in, only in it for like ten minutes or five minutes in flashback on the cover. It's like. Yeah. Uh, I also gave it three. I I as well thought it was gonna be vampires, like, and a lot gorier. Mm. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> yeah. The gore, you know, the what little there was was decent, you know. And you know, I'm not going to complain about a movie that you know throws in a dong or two. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're expecting a like something kind of sleazy and intense, like a lot of trauma films are, you're you're probably not going to get it with this one, you know. So. Yeah, it wasn't really too much of a trauma film so yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly by production alone <laughs> yeah and the uh, i the, will oh, oh yeah i was gonna say the blu-ray is released by vinegar syndrome so you you barely would know that it's trauma mm. yeah i was even confused looking it up because we were when we were planning it i was you know double and triple checking is this even a trauma film <laughs> Because mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily like say like right on the front or anything like the others, but I just like looked through the Wikipedia. It produced by the Trauma Productions and shit, and it was on a list of trauma films. Yeah, it's Not a trauma movie. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was for sure. But, like, there's, I was, there's I definitely had to check to make sure before I chose it. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen trauma movies that were less trauma than this one, though, and. Actually, I will even say, like, yeah, and I would even say, like, I wouldn't even really, I didn't, I mean, Christmas Evil, like, to me, that doesn't really feel like a trauma movie. That movie's about as gory as this one is, so. Yeah. Maybe they're, so I guess one thing that they sometimes do is they put out genre films that are, like, a little bit different than, you know, what, although, in my opinion, sometimes that backfires fires like really miserably like i still consider the worst trauma movie that i've seen so far anyway um to be zombie island massacre because that title is the biggest bait and switch ever like when you think zombie island massacre you think of people going to an island and getting massacred by zombies right but it turns out the island is just called zombie island and the massacre is really more like some tourists getting bumped off and a drug deal gone wrong. And that's pretty much it. Wow. Like, yeah, wow. it's really, really disappointing. <laughs> like I was expecting I mean, like people getting eaten and didn't get anything. So, I mean, the rabid grannies titles in this lady, they weren't rabid. They were demons. <laughs> yeah. And they were old aunts as well. They were, I mean, they may have been grannies too, but referred to the ones their aunts yeah and the cover of that one's not even the same people yeah <laughs> yeah i know I that too <laughs> oh like, man i 
Okay. That would have been a better movie if the if it would had been about rabid grannies. Like when I picked it, right. I looked at the cover. I see this little girl screaming and these two crazy old ladies that look deranged. And my thought was, oh my god, is this going to be like Cujo, like some little girl getting attacked by old ladies, like in a car or something like that? That's that's why I picked because I thought that it was going to be sort of like that kind of thing about like old ladies like getting bitten by a rabid dog and then like attacking people or something i thought it was going to be something funny like that but turned out it was just another demonic possession movie (laughs) 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 but anyway we should definitely you know do this again sometime you know check out some more of these you know some some more of their crap yeah it's definitely a big well to draw from (laughs) oh yeah yeah definitely but so that concludes this episode. Um, before we depart, do you gentlemen want to uh, choose or um, give your picks for the next episode? Sure. We're doing bad 90s comedies. Yeah, that's kind of the overall theme. So, All right. So my choice, I'm not... Hopefully it will stay on YouTube because it's only on YouTube streaming right now. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> but it's uh it's freaked. Directed by Alex Winter. I think I've seen Wait. that one, right? I oh what was that, Nick? I think I've seen that one. Freaked? Then, like he's the guy that does like Bill and Ted or whatever. Uh, Alex Winder, yeah. Did we not do that on this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> then why the fuck would I watch that? I know that movie. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious. I know that... Excellent. I'm looking forward. I, I know that I've seen it, but it was a long, long, long time ago. And I just remember it being really freaking weird. Like that's that's literally all I remember about it. So I'm looking forward yeah. to watching that one. So. And maybe I didn't see it. I just like saw some podcast on it or something too. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely saw a lot of clips. I remember, for sure. I remember when we used to go to Borders back when that was open, the DVD of that was on the shelf. And like... The, that's like the main thing I remember is the DVD cover. And now, now when you look up that DVD, it's it's totally out of print. Oh yeah, and it's, it's like expensive. hard to find. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh man, it's like it was at Borders. <laughs> about it. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, how how are we supposed to know that it would one day cost a fortune? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to go next, Nick, or do you want me to go next? I can go next, yeah. Mine is we're going back to a good nineties uh theme of ninjas. It is mm. called Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. All right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it is a comedy martial arts. It looks like it's you know, a cast of kids too. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I've seen at least a couple of three ninjas movies, but I don't think I've seen Knuckle Up. So. Oh, it's a fucking franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> One of them even stars Hulk Hogan. Yeah, 
And oh, one of them's I on the should have picked that one. One of them's on the bottom 100 IMDb list too, I, I believe. I think it's the one with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, What's it called? High, I'll save high, that one. <laughs> I think it's called Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Hey, I will give us a little preview of it. Then. <laughs> well, we yeah. won't be completely lost during that episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, I rented the first ninja, the first three ninjas movie several times when I was a kid, and I'm I'm looking forward to revisiting them. So yeah, I haven't seen and, them in uh, years. Yeah, I never saw Knuckle Up, so I'm definitely stoked. I'm not sure which ones I've seen. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the ones I've seen are Three Ninjas and Three Ninjas Kick Back. I think was the sequel. Or there was, yeah, I was looking on Kick Back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the only two I've seen, and then I never bothered with the other two. I think I was too afraid of Hulk Hogan. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my pick, um, this is a movie that everybody makes fun of. I think I see it on a lot of bad lists, but it's one that I saw when I was a kid, and for some reason, it's one that my family watched a lot. Um, kind of, it's another one of those cool, cool as ice type of choices. So. It's uh, Clifford, starring Martin Short. So. I've seen bits of it, but not the entire thing. So it's freaking weird because Martin Short, he <laughs> he plays a ten-year-old. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> yeah. So try to picture that, and and yeah, the the movie is actually weirder than what you're picturing. I'm just gonna. <laughs> let you guys discover why <laughs> so all right so some solid picks yeah i would say so all right cool freaked three ninjas knuckle up and clifford <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to it all right cool well until next time have a good night everybody peace yeah. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>